With more hot takes than a Deadpool review, it's Cape Crisis, the comic book podcast every week on the Laser Time Network, where we talk about all the new events in the world of sequential art, graphic novels, and movies that are based upon them. I'm your host, Henry Gilbert, and that is H-E-N-E-R-Y-G on Twitter. I think I fucked it up. H-E-N-E-R-Y-G. Yeah. I beat the end of it. Hey, uh, and I'm here with the uh, fellow pool masters, Chris Antista. Yes, indeed. Chimichanga, hey, chimichanga, boner joke. And Brett. And I peed in the pool. Mm-hmm. I got shot in the butt. In my butt. That's what Deadpool does. By my own butt. Uh, but anyway, guys. Have you hey. guys had a burrito? It's a funny food. <laughs> it's a funny food to say while riding a unicorn while jerking off a... Na- <laughs> Look, we'll talk all about the Deadpool movie in the second half, Indeed. just in case you people don't want it spoiled. But uh, I know Chris and I have seen it. Brett, have mm-hmm. you seen it? Yet? I have not seen it. Oh, well, you're going to have all the funniest jokes spoiled for That's you. Fine. Not that the trailers already did. didn't already. already did. <laughs> but seriously, folks. That's not what this week's episode is about. This is very distracting. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, we'll get into the spoiler talk at the second half, but now it is time for the Superhero Spotlight. Superhero and instead of introducing him to you myself, why don't I let Professor X do it? Next is Peter Rasputin. His code name is Colossus. Don't worry, Kitty, as Colossus Peter is impervious to harm. <laughs> He's good. I'm that guessing a, that's from Pride of the X-Men. It is from Pride of the X-Men. What the, the hell is that? The would-be pilot to an 80s X-Men cartoon that mm. never came together, where Marvel overspent on it just to make it look... It looks it's, amazing. It's like, beautifully animated and uh, only came out in one VHS called Pride of the X-Men with mm. a Y. Is that the one where Wolverine is Scottish? Yeah. Uh, no, he's more Australian. Australian. Very Australian. Australian. Yeah, 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 yeah. Spicy, dicey, bub. But, and yet he's not as Australian as Pyro, which is just like, if yeah. you do the voice direction, when you've got Pyro in it, why then have yeah. Wolverine also be Australian when he's Canadian? Yeah. But anyway, no, this week's Superhero Spotlight is on one Pietor Nikolaevjev Rasputin. <laughs> The uh, X-Man who took the world by storm as a CG effect, (laughs) as a walking (laughs) effect, in Deadpool. As credited, a CG character. Yeah, it was great. It was Mm -hmm. great. So Colossus is bigger than ever right Mm -hmm. now, no pun intended. (laughs) Where did he come from, guys? Uh, Russia. Uh, yes, Soviet Russia. Soviet Russia. In Soviet Russia, mutants get... No, No, move on. Our character creates you. In May 1975, he appeared along with a lot of new characters in giant-sized X-Men number one. That's great. Which wasn't planned to be the start of the one of Marvel's most popular series ever. Yeah. But it ended up being that way. Giant-sized... I actually bought this collection of giant-sized Marvels. What what are they? That includes that one. Well, they were like annuals, but more annuals. It was Mm -hmm. like a second annual in the year, and... Most of them were just garbage stories. Mm-hmm. Like, so I got this collection of all these other giant size that came out around the same time as Giant Size X Men, and they were just like nothing stories where Spider Man fights a circus of crime or whatever. Right. No- <laughs> nothing that matters. And famously, the Giant Size Man thing. Exactly, that's the Giant Size Man thing. But in Giant Size X Men, yeah. it changed everything. The yep. short version is the X Men weren't very popular in the '60s. Mm-hmm. Their comic never got canceled, but it did fall into. Um, repeats. It was just a republished book. Really? 
maybe for copyright reasons or whatever, but huh. it, it kept going. But the X-Men had disappeared. And the mm-hmm. original X-Men of Cyclops, Iceman, Beast, Angel, and Jean Grey, Marvel Girl, mm-hmm. were nowhere to be seen for a long time in the regular Marvel. You, well, Beast actually was. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Giant Size X-Men brings back it, but with the idea of enough of these like clean-cut white bread kids mm-hmm. who are mutants. Mutants are global, mm-hmm. and so Len Wein and, and Dave Cockrum do more white, more writing and less whining. They decided to look outside America's borders to make a truly international team of brand new mutants that included Canadians like Wolverine, mm-hmm. though he was already he already existed. Mm-hmm. But meanwhile, then they brought in Storm Aurora from Africa, Nightcrawler Kurt from Germany, uh, Sunfire wow. from Japan. I forget his name. Uh, and even yeah. a Native American in Thunderbird who would die yeah. one issue later. <laughs> and Sunfire would also quit. But the yeah. most, arguably the most popular of the yeah. new characters was Colossus, who works. He was just discovered by Xavier working on a Soviet farm with his family, the his uh, metal outfit. family. Well, and his powers activate when his sister, Ilyana, mm-hmm. is about to be run over by their tractor. Ooh. And so then he meddles up. Stops the tractor, hmm. and then Professor X, like the weird stalker he is, shows up and <laughs> says, Well, I see you've got some mutant powers. Maybe you want to go to a school for them. How old are you? 18? Yeah, How his age you? will come into question soon. But before we get to that, now he's just Russian because he, for Colossus to even be in his mid 30s, mm-hmm. he would barely have been alive for the, at the end of the Soviet Union, yeah. let alone the hot of the Cold War in the 70s. Right. And a lot of his stuff, like uh, his characterizations, you know, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit, but his characterization, like you heard there, was just so like Yakov Shmirnov or whatever. It's just... Uh, well, now you run away. What yeah. I have done wrong? Yeah. First thing was crushing the professor's mansion. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want? I do not know of any mansion. It is a mistake. Yeah. So that's from the actual... That's from the animated series. The actual animated, the Fox one. Yeah. But that yeah, is- by 94, like, we were still, like, assuming Zangief was an accurate representation of Russia. Yeah. Even yeah. though it was... Soviet Union was gone. But, but it's still, like, from Russia. Yeah, so I think we've lightened it up a little more. Not that Russians aren't always a stereotype in superhero films. Sure. Uh, as, as seen in, say... Daredevil, the Russian mafia guy's like, we are the brothers from Siberia. We survive, yes. We can't survive fighting. Daredevil. <laughs> wow. <laughs> How long were you in classes? Yeah. Uh, it's way better than mine. Colossus's powers are unbreakable skin, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. though adamantium no can get through it before you ask that question. Oh. Adamantium and vibranium mm-hmm. do affect it, but otherwise, unbreakable skin. Super-duper strength, though... He couldn't beat Hulk in an arm wrestling match. He's not at the super top, but he is always he's almost always could the he strongest beat Thing in an arm wrestling match. I think he actually could. Well, I fifty fifty chance, I'd okay. say. Depending on the weather. And he's also a very good fighter. He's not like uh, he's not a martial arts master, mm-hmm. though he's in amazing shape. He's practicing in the danger room all the time. It's a hoss fight. And he can sure do a speedball uh, sorry, a fastball, fastball special. special. I'm mm-hmm. editing that out. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the yeah. famous move the speedball where is what killed uh, John Belushi, where uh, <laughs> Wolverine says like, "Hey, throw me." I forget what issue that first happens in, but the mm-hmm. fastball special. I really should look that of, up. Of like, uh, it's one of the few moves with a name. Yeah, yeah, it's just so cute. That's why in that clip I played, uh, we talked over it a little bit, but Wolverine says. 
he can really throw, which is just a reference to yeah. this was Colossus' first appearance in the cartoon, so he'd never done the fastball special before. Right. Which, by the way, one of my favorite scenes in Dan Slott's run on She-Hulk was when she does the fastball oh, special yeah. to Wolverine, and she's holding him there, and she says, mm-hmm. uh, you only have guys do this, don't you? And he's <laughs> like, why do you ask? Says, Nothing, you just got a firm little butt, so I like it. And then he says... The first rule of fastball special is we don't talk about it. Just just throw me. (laughs) Colossus was kind of designed to be like Dave Cockrum in his Mm -hmm. design. He had this funny note about how he wanted to have bare legs on Colossus because he shows, and he does have like thigh high boots in his classic design because you want to show off as much of his metal skin as possible. Uh It's his freaking power. But uh, as Len Wein had a minor problem with it, where he just said. But when he's not metal, mm-hmm. he's got his thighs exposed, and it just it made Len Wein was not happy with it, and so they had to set up in his original appearances when he had normal skin, mm-hmm. the thigh area turned blue, and it was unstable molecules. Oh, right. Was yeah, the yeah. explanation of just hide your shame, Colossus? I know it's it's very silly, but yeah. So he was kind of like the peacemaker of the of the X Men. So, so he's Mega Man X. Ah, Mega Man X Man. You bring up next. I always thought he was. I thought he was a robot when I first saw him Mm -hmm. Uh, because I was like, I just found this out now. I loved eighties robots. uh, We finally cleared that up like just before the show. Yeah, thank God. But But well, his arms look like uh, Doc Ock's tentacles, Mm -hmm. so I thought they were the same thing. He's more human than you and I. Exactly. He was going to be their breakout star. They thought of the X Men. He has the most classically handsome look. Super, Mm -hmm. uh, super huge. The strong guy. Very easy to do. Very colorful costume and a very colorful. As a kid, he costume. was the first one to jump out at me. Like, yeah. ooh, who's this guy? But unfortunately for him, John Byrne, a Canadian, chose to make the coolest character when he drew them, mm-hmm. Wolverine. Mm-hmm. And so Wolverine became the breakout, not Colossus. And I've talked about it on Cape Crisis before, but I do love, starting with that giant X-Men mm-hmm. and all, basically Claremont run, Claremont's run that redefines X-Men, basically sets up what we all know X-Men to be now, which mm. is... This this team, and if you know the Konami arcade beat 'em up, that's sure. that's the that's the pride of the X Men team oh, in, yeah. in their video game. That's what people love about X Men is from yeah. that book on, and when they reintroduce Magneto into that story, that's where Magneto starts to become more of this current what we all assume mm-hmm. Magneto to be. Mm-hmm. They're hard to come by now because those uh, Marvel Masterworks books go in and out of print, and mm-hmm. yeah. sometimes you can find them, sometimes and not. If you have a hundred bucks free, buy the omnibus, I suppose, of Uncanny yeah, X Men. Yeah, but I do recommend it if you're like if you still have some vague interest in X Men of like, sure. oh, I like the X Men. Mm-hmm. I love that entire run. It's verbose as, as hell, but yeah. like the art is great. The stories are fun. Yeah. And and Colossus was there for yeah. all of them. Yeah, like he's he, a big part the, of the whole thing. Shi'ar, for the Shi'ar Empire, Hellfire Club, mm-hmm. Phoenix, all that stuff. One of his yeah. biggest moments was when he, well, they retconned it, but he did kill Professor X's dangerous son, Proteus, who he uh, had with Moira McTaggart mm-hmm. uh, on Muir Island. Island. Muir Island. And that was a big moment for him, too, that he took a life. like that. And mm-hmm. superheroes, if you weren't the Punisher or Wolverine, superheroes didn't really do that that much. Now Wolverine doesn't do that. Yeah, now he kind of was like, yeah, I'm, I'm overkilling. I've killed all, everybody. And that's also when the relationship with Kitty Pride and Colossus mm-hmm. came in, which, if you read the original ones, they come off as, uh, if I must use the word, problematic now, though they've retconned them to be a little better. But John Byrne... <laughs> Here we go. If you look at his career, a theme appears of women under the age of 17 who are interested in men who are over the age of 17. Mm. It is a very recurring theme across decades of his career. 
And that includes Kitty Pride. When Kitty Pride was first shown in the books, mm. she could not have looked more than 14. She's the new young kid on the team. That's also what she is in Pride of the X-Men, though they've aged yeah. her up a bit. And, and she's called Sprite at the time. Yeah, she was called Sprite. She's a cute kid who's learning stuff. Colossus is, at best at this time, written to be 19. Mm-hmm. At best. But he is starting to form a connection with Kitty Pride, and they start going out. And it, now you look back on it, you're like, this is weird. Like, I it's can a see little her jail-making. parents having a problem with it, but it's growing yeah. up in Florida, a 19-year-old dating a 15-year-old was yeah. not, not no, uncommon. I know. It's not, it's not the most uncommon, but it's also just weird, like... Now Marvel, it sure. would they're not the biggest fans of recognizing that, I would think. Because the shareholders. If you look at old like 1950s <laughs> movies, like, would you go to the prom with me, Sally? I can't. My boyfriend's in college. <laughs> like, all yeah. inappropriate relationships. This was something they didn't, they didn't even retcon like way later. Mm-hmm. By 1985, they were only a little ways into the, connect, the love affair of Kitty Pride and Colossus mm-hmm. when Colossus goes off to Secret Wars, which mm-hmm. they used to... Just do the break and be like, you know what? Nope, done with this. They're not together. John Byrne was off the book, and so they just break them up where, Brett, you you know Secret Wars very well, the original oh, yeah. 85 one where Colossus meets Sijani, the, the alien healer on Battleworld. Oh, yeah, yeah. Falls in love with her, and it's when he realizes, like, I didn't really love Kitty Pride, and I'm going to break up with her when I get home, and I love this Sijani girl who explodes, and <laughs> she doesn't she doesn't get to live very long, but... Uh, so then when he comes back, he breaks up with Kitty Pryde, though. That's also when his sister, Ilyana, moves into the mansion. Mm. And boy, wouldn't you know it, she's got not only mutant powers, mm-hmm. but magic, too. And gets kidnapped to hell, and grows up in hell, and then comes <laughs> back as a sorceress named Magic with a K. Yep. It was... Uh, explaining a lot of X-Men stuff will be crazy, and you have to truncate a lot of it. Like, Mutant Massacre. Mm-hmm. That was just a whole, whole giant crossover mm-hmm. of killing a bunch of mutants and in that Colossus got temporarily paralyzed and trapped in his mental form Mm -hmm. but he was all better by 1988's Fall of the Mutants which is a really ridiculous story where Uh, the X-Men it's Apocalypse right? Yeah I think so but it's where the X-Men have to fake dying or they do die Mm -hmm. and then are immediately resurrected in Australia and the world thinks all mutants are dead mm-hmm. and that the X-Men also have magic on them so they can't be filmed. So people don't what? know. For a time, people don't know the They're X-Men vampires. or mutants exist. It was, uh, it was pretty ridiculous. I don't know if you grabbed this sound, but I love, one of my favorite videos on the web is the Colossus X-Men Arcade yell for nine minutes. I could just listen to it all day. Which is a move in the game, even as like a 10-year-old, I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. I love, yeah, it really is not part of his powers. That's one, that's not one of his powers, guys, that yeah. to explode something around him. It's fine. But I guess he needs an AoE effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For move. a video game, it's totally cool. And the scream makes up for it. Yes. Then once Fall of the Mutants is over, Colossus briefly loses his memory becomes a painter in New York City and starts dating Calypso of the Morlocks. Oh, uh, yeah. And then he gets his memory back and rejoins the X-Men just in time for the legacy virus to appear, uh, which is basically mutant HIV and was yeah. killing off the mutants. Uh, so now we're getting into, what, early 90s? Now we're in Fatal Attraction yeah. time at the 30th anniversary of the X-Men where I was reading the most X-Men yeah. comics I was. It was the hot time straight after Jim Lee and Mark Silvestri left the book yep. and uh, the Kubert brothers this were drawing Cable it. and Strife and... Cable, all... Strife, that... Well, it was everybody. The Executioner's Song. Uh, Executioner's Song. It's also where Magneto makes his big move yeah. and he's uh, got Avalon. No longer Asteroid M. He's on Avalon. Three things... Three major things happen in a row. 
Wolverine stabs him, and then Magneto says, you know what? I've been nice this whole time. I'm ripping your metal out. Whoop. Wolverine loses all his metal, which he won't get back for like five years. It was a yeah. long time. Then Xavier, in response, mind wipes Magneto. Doesn't yeah. kill him, but mm-hmm. just gets rid of all his memories, or so it would seem. Yeah. Uh, and then Colossus, in response to this horrible action, is like, yeah, let's screw this. I'm, I quit the X-Men. I'm going to stay here to take care of, it, of Magneto. Yeah. I'm joining the Acolytes. I'm going to be in his new team. Yep. That doesn't last very long. Is this when he gets a beard? Yeah, I think he grows a depression beard, though yeah. he grows a much bigger depression beard later. <laughs> Which, by the way, I love when he has his metal beard. It turns yeah. metal just yeah, like his hair. It turns metal. It, it's beautiful. He quits them, then re, then joins Excalibur, which if in the 90s, mm-hmm. I barely even read Excalibur. Yeah. Now looking back on it, I know it was the haven where Chris Claremont was like, oh, I don't get to write X-Men anymore. Then I'm going to take my favorite characters, Nightcrawler, yep. Kitty Pride, and Colossus, and I'm going to write them doing dumb stories in, in the England. The yep. end. Like, yep. and, yeah. It wasn't very good, but he was on that team for a little while. And then we come... To the legacy virus again, why I brought it up. The legacy virus kills his sister, Eliana. Mm-hmm. After she gets, she loses her powers and gets de-aged back to her natural age. She then dies from the legacy virus, and Colossus is beside himself. Almost all of his family is dead, and, and now Eliana is too. Meanwhile, Beast has found the cure for the legacy virus. Mm-hmm. The only problem is, the way to cure it is, some mutant is going to have to inject it into themselves. And when they die, they will release antibodies that will just fix the world and just erase the legacy virus from Earth. Uh-huh. But a mutant has to die to do it. And he just can't. Breeze is like, I can't ask anyone to do this. So, of course, Colossus makes the sacrifice, takes it, dies, and uh, seemingly gets cremated and, and like, Kitty Pride spreads his ashes. That's a But that's a long death. Yeah, it was. And, it was yeah, he was dead for death. a long time. X-Men yeah. get to stay longer than Avengers, I think, because there's just so many of them that yeah. you're not... Even if you're like, oh, I miss Colossus. Well, you got Wolverine, though, and you got Nightcrawler. <laughs> like, you can at least... There's enough biggies yeah, to keep a, around. They're not currently both dead. Um, yeah. no. well, the, the, the thing Wolverine is... Wolverine is kind of a question mark, because he both is and isn't. There's old <laughs> yeah. man Logan around. You'll, you'll get all the Wolverine you want, but it's yeah. not... It's just a sign. It's a sign of the X Men of how popular they were throughout the eighties and nineties. Of it wasn't just one of them; it was mm. several of them popular mm-hmm. for years. Yeah. Whereas yeah, at, that, at that same time period, someone like Thor, or Iron Man, no heat at all. There's like no excitement around yeah. them. The, all the T-shirts were X Men. Yeah. It was not, no T-shirts I saw were of Avengers. Maybe yeah, Spider Man. Yeah, yeah Spider Man probably. Mm-hmm. But I, as an adolescent and even as a young adult, there was no Iron Man. Anything mm-hmm. there was that there was a cartoon, yeah. but mm-hmm. who cares? Actually, that's. I'll get to that in the news. Yeah, Joss Whedon happened. I remember this. Uh, this I actually read. Well, Joss Whedon came on and took over. I believe in 2000. Or, no, it was right after Grant Morrison's run, which was at the end of the 90s. Yeah, the X Men run. Well, yeah, the, his, the Planet X stuff. Yeah, yeah. Once Planet X was over, then that's Grant after, Morrison this is like 03, 04. Okay, mm-hmm. so it is post 911. So yeah. takes over. Uh, Joss Whedon does and the Astonishing X Men. Astonishing X Men, which. When people ask, like, where do I start with the X-Men? Yeah, Which is an unanswerable question. <laughs> I would just say, just read the Joss Whedon, John Cassidy stuff. It's yep. pretty removed from yeah. any continuity, and it just tells a great story. Yeah. And yeah. With, a, with incredible art. The art yeah. is fantastic. Incredible and art. it's the return of Colossus. And that's what I remember yeah. most from it. Like That Colossus just is alive. He was saved by Ord of Breakworld, yeah. who's on a weird alien planet. It's my favorite who, pinball machine, man. <laughs> who they, they find the legacy virus cure in his body. 
body. They steal his body, mm-hmm. reanimate him. You know, easily, easy, boom, reanimated. They're, what were the ashes that were spread? Uh, they put a fake body there and they okay. cremated that because they cared. That, yeah, all right. Look, yeah. The point I, is, he's back. He's back. Yeah. Yay! And they got the legacy virus cure from him to create the mutant cure that was the you know MacGuffin mm. of the whole astonishing mm. X Men story, and then. Kitty and Colossus just reconnected. Like, no, like they're actually doing it and stuff. They, there's not that. That's the Joss Whedon mm. when he does a love story. He's like, yeah, yeah they're, they're adults and they have sex because they're in a relationship. Like, there's a really funny bit I remember off screen. Uh, Colossus and Kitty Pride are getting it on, and then Kitty Pride just falls through the ceiling because oh, she yeah. phased. Yeah. She phased mid coitus, and then she's <laughs> like, "Oh, uh, hey, bye," and yeah. just runs off. And so things were fun for a little while with him back in the X-Men. It was just great. And just seeing his, like, steely self again and bullets bounce off him. Yeah, he was just so shiny and cool. I had missed Colossus so much. But, of course, all, you know, Joss Whedon eventually has to leave the Astonishing X-Men. And Mm -hmm. in his end of the run, Kitty Pryde doesn't die, but she kind of just gets teleported away for a little while, saving Earth from Breakworld. And so Colossus is broken up with Kitty again. And, oh, he's sad. And following that came a weird, like, year or so of his life where he gets taken over by the Sidorak gem. So uh, Juggernaut, oh, yeah. him and Juggernaut kind of have a thing. Like, they often get paired up in, like in Pride of the X-Men, they, they're the two who fight each other. Yeah. In that clip from the animated series, Juggernaut is the one who destroyed the mansion. And they get Colossus in the hopes of, like, oh, you can beat up Juggernaut. He can't. Right. Nothing can stop Juggernaut, not even a guy as strong as Colossus. But... They get matched up a lot. And then the Sidorak gem has no host. Uh, Ilyana is back alive and she has magic powers. Mm-hmm. So she's able to bond it to Colossus without it really changing his, his personality. And so there's a time where if you look in the comics during the schism arc yeah. and right up to Avengers versus X-Men, he's got the juggernaut helmet on. And it's, it's, yeah. it's an interesting look. I, I don't love it, but it did. It upped his powers even more, which yeah. did. Once he's got juggernaut powers, he actually could beat the Hulk. On a, on a good day, he could beat the Hulk. That takes us to Avengers versus X-Men, which right. reset a ton of things, mm-hmm. including like Sidorak Jim's gone. Him and Ilyana, Peter and Ilyana, get Phoenix powers. They have a really cool fight in it against Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And then once Avengers versus X-Men's over... They kind of just split off. Like, magic mm-hmm. goes her separate way. Peter disappears. And like all the other hosts of the Phoenix Force, his powers are broken by it. Like, mm-hmm. he, he can't yeah. control when he shifts in between them. Like, Cyclops' optic blasts get messed yep. up. Mm-hmm. White Queen's, all her telepathic White, stuff. Yeah, her telepathic stuff's gone. She still can make diamond skin, but yeah. that's it. And meanwhile, Colossus can't control his powers and has kind of gone into hiding then Cable's like hey join my X-Force I know how to control your powers boom and he just fixes it and he works with Cable and X-Force for a time and then that takes us to the most recent big crossover in Marvel Secret Wars he didn't have much to do in that but afterwards he is one of the few mutants not affected by the Inhuman Plague Uh he still has his powers he went into hiding and magic got him back out of it and now he, he moved back to Russia. He shaved his head, grew a sad, sad beard. Though he looks really awesome. And then him and Ileana on the same team is a fun dynamic always. Yeah. What, just, book, what book are they in now? Uh, Extraordinary, Extraordinary X-Men. Extraordinary yeah. X-Men. And that's, that's where you will currently find him. Uh, and I also want to do a quick mention, too, of Ultimate Colossus. Mm. Because 
he was he really kind of broke some barriers i'd say he was originally written very similar to yeah old the regular colossus though mark miller upped his powers even more yeah like, he made it so this colossus ultimate colossus didn't seem to need to breathe yeah and beat up thor off screen he mm-hmm. beat ultimate thor off screen he was that powerful and also miller on his run in ultimate x-men kept dropping hints that colossus was gay but then when Brian K. Vaughn, the writer of Saga and Why the Last Man, when he took over for a brief run, he just said, this is silly. Why are we dancing around it? Like, yes, he's interested in men. Boom. And mm. that he, instead of him crushing on Wolverine and who Logan is not reciprocal to it and made it pretty clear, uh, Brian K. Vaughn introduces Ultimate North Star, who just is immediately like, yes, I'm North Star and I'm gay. Hey, want to go out, Colossus? And Colossus is like, oh, Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> just boom. Just this like that. feels right. <laughs> the only, uh, the main thing I remember from Ultimate Colossus was very early in Ultimate X Men's run, where he like drags a submarine out of the ocean. Yeah, there's like a like, famous. Well, who can say famous was, anymore? But yeah. like a memorable panel where like he has like clearly been underwater for a long time mm-hmm. and has pulled like a nuclear submarine onto the beach, and it's like, oh, so he's that strong. He okay, is, yeah, he is that strong. They really, really upped his power in yeah. that. And also, unlike most of the Ultimate X Men, post Ultimatum, he wasn't dead. the The last known spot of him was in jail somewhere, but. He technically lived till the end of the Ultimate Universe, right. until until it got erased in Secret Wars. Right. So he survived. Uh, then the other notes I have about his appearances and stuff: he first got animated in the 1981 Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends Whoa, episode, wow. which was the origin of Firestar. Though he's kind of barely on screen, but when they created Firestar for the show, they made it that she's a mutant and she was trained with the X-Men. And she mm. goes. It is an awful episode. If you want to see, <laughs> we've got to do it for a cartoon commentary one of these times. But short story is that every voice is wrong and the, like... I'm Colossus. I'm from Russia. Cyclops <laughs> says, oh no, the Juggernaut. It's it's so bad. Juggernaut. Uh, Jeez. And that led him to being in the X-Men arcade games. He's been in many X-Men yeah. games. He was even playable in the early Capcom games and then he eventually just became an assist I believe in yeah. the later ones NBC's an assist yeah. is he in the NES LGN awful oh, top yes. down X-Men yeah. he's in that he's in uh, I think what was the the good overhead X-Men well, yeah the Legends game he yeah X-Men too. Legends was good uh, yeah, he's, he's been great in most of his games and he's such a video game character yeah, yeah. Just, a total tank yeah, I would suggest tank. putting the uh, Konami X-Men arcade music underneath this cut, uh, segment because oh, the music think, is outrageous I, I would, will have that on standby and then lastly in live action he oh. was played by Daniel Cudmore for first scene in X2 in an amazing cameo Dude. that was a great scene uh, the best. that's the kind of crap that now would be spoiled by a trailer yeah. or, or they wouldn't be able to keep it in they would just be like yeah these Colossus come please be here on opening weekend mm. and and it, <laughs> but like that when that moment happened it was like we're already in the midst of watching Wolverine finally do his crazy yes. berserker shit. It's the best Wolverine scene in any of the movies. Yeah, all time. That we've waited so long to see Wolverine just kick ass on screen and, and just maul a bunch of people who deserve it. Mm-hmm. And so in the midst of that, you see this dude walk up, and it is outside of like the Thanos cameo at the end of Avengers, or and that's really all I can even think of. When that happened, that audience I was in yeah. lit the fuck up. Yeah, like I, everyone's mind, like cheering and hollering and clapping. He's on screen for like four seconds. Yeah, and we didn't have any indication that he was in this movie, nor, yep. no nor did we think he'd, like, you'd see or his powers. The, yeah, yeah, or after the first one that they'd be cool enough just to yeah. have so- Colossus appear for a moment, yeah. you know? And he would go on to be... He'd be in X3, and he was in Days of Future Past, Daniel Cudmore. Same yeah. dude. 
Though he is not playing the special effect in Deadpool, which I'll yeah, get to in the Deadpool seen... review, but that felt like a cost move. I feel. I like. think he declined it because he oh, didn't. Really? He didn't because it was a strictly a mocap role. Yeah, I mean, he was clear that he's like, yeah, I'm not doing it. But he's instead played by uh, Serbian actor Stefan Kepikic. <laughs> Okay. I'm sure that's right. <laughs> oh, I'm certain, but uh, let's give a listen. To- we can't allow this Deadpool. I don't have time for your X-Men bull colossus. Besides, nobody's getting hurt. You can barely tell where they edited it in the ad. <laughs> Any of that bull? Any of that bull? Yeah, it's still just standard, I am Colossus. Type I, I really did like Colossus. In he the was one of my favorite parts because yeah. he was the goody-goody who's just like, was- please don't kill you can be yeah. X-Men. Mm-hmm. I think I laughed hardest at his scene of any scene in the end. Yeah, But all right, so that is Colossus. I feel like we've learned a lot about this guy. He's been around for four whole decades. He feels like a new X-Men, but he's yeah. now been around yeah. for 40 years. And that is the superhero spotlight. Hero. All right, why don't we get into some quick news here. Deadpool made a lot of money. Yeah. Broke records for first day R-rated film stuff. Yeah. Way, like, eat dirt, Matrix. Yeah, I cannot believe the Matrix had been holding that for almost 15 years. I know, it's Um, it's nuts. It it also, like, we've always, we've talked about that, uh, we'll talk about Deadpool, I guess, in the next segment. A a little more, and, like, I was a little afraid, not entirely happy with the film, but, like, Disney never would have made an R-rated Deadpool and this no. did so well. They just announced I mean, Fox well, barely made. Yeah, I don't think they had any faith in it either. But like, no. and now they announced the new Wolver- the, the last Wolverine movie will be rated R. It is tentatively rated R. Yeah, That's they haven't even awesome. started filming it yet, though. But yes, it, they they said like, yep, it's going to be R. I think like no joke, Deadpool. I think is going to change. Could have could have this weekend could have changed the course of superhero and, film. And if you look at it, what year did the first X Men movie come out? Two thousand. So everybody who was born yeah. that day is almost allowed into a rated R movie. Yep. So there's no reason why they can't be rated R at this point. I think, oh. it, was, I think it was July 14th, 2000, if I'm not uh, mistaken. And, yeah, it was just... It was so huge. James Gunn even came out and said, like, this yeah. film is successful because it's great. That was... Not because it's R-rated. Yeah. Don't learn... But executives learn... His main point was, executives will always learn the wrong lesson yes. from this. They'll think the lesson is, oh, every superhero film yes. should be R-rated. As if Kick-Ass 2 never happened. Yeah. yeah. It's, well, no, also, the, like, everyone forgets, like, Blade 1 and 2 were R and made yes. money. I, neither one of the Punishers did all that well, I guess, but... Now, but, they, but, yeah, there have been R-rated ones before. It was... It's more that it was so true to the character, mm-hmm. only R could work to mm-hmm. be true to Deadpool. Uh, and by the way, I found out the director, Tim Miller, mm-hmm. he's from Blur Studios. It's really yeah. a Blur Studios production, which wow, yeah. you so don't good. know Blur Studios, but they made every trailer you yeah. liked of a video game. Yep. Yeah. Well, if you ever saw a trailer that's no gameplay, a gorgeous CG trailer, yeah. like uh, to this day, like I'm not, a, uh, like, I'm not the biggest fan of uh, Operation Raccoon City, the mm-hmm. game from 2012, but mm-hmm. there was a trailer for it. And that same time, that trailer is phenomenal. It's it yes. is outrageously good. And there's like a Batman one. Uh, like, they're like, they're I think so good at it. Planet Two. Do they? Do and they one? and they no, did. The, they made Maybe the three. test footage that leaked two years ago that mm-hmm. made this film uh, even yeah. exist. Uh, and also, I saw Joe Casada had an interesting congratulations for director Tim Miller because he revealed he worked with him in ten years ago. Mm. Because when they were planning, it was an amazing story about how when they were planning to make Iron Man. They did all these focus groups, and they realized nobody knows who the fuck Iron Man is, especially not kids. They think right. he's a robot, right. and that's that's how I felt about Iron Man in 2008. I knew who he was, but I felt 
Nobody knows who he is, and they're not going to watch a film with him. How wrong I was. And so they hired Blur in 2006 to make advertorials that were basically... Hey kids, here's who Iron Man is and mm. what he is. Like wow. let's let's explain it to you and Blur made them with Tim Miller in charge wow. of it. So he's had a long connection with the uh, with Marvel and films. Uh, oh, also speaking of films, the Justice League franchise could be in danger. Says, yeah. Uh, Drew McWeenie. I actually saw this. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Did you watch that? Like that's his real name, and he is. He was a Moriarty on Eight of Cool News. Yeah. If you were early in the movie news on the internet, he, I always preferred reading him to any other writer yeah. at Eight of Cool. But anyway, yeah, that he said that he's been hearing rumblings that after the most recent trailer, which was great. But by mm. the way, there was a new, the final Batman mm. versus Superman trailer in the last week, which is really a Batman trailer. Yeah. By that point, it's like, yep. This is a Batman film that has Superman in it in a non-speaking role. Yeah. He doesn't fucking say shit in the trailer for his own sequel. Yeah, yeah, it's really weird. But as a Batman trailer, it was a great trailer. But McWeeny's point was, was that speculation. Not he said he had ins- confirmed inside, inside reports from the studio that they, they're not entirely happy with the film. That the, the the film exists and they're watching it and they're not liking what they're seeing and that they're pushing it as close to Batman as possible. Though I'm also getting the feeling this is my assumption here, mm-hmm. but I'm getting the feeling that. They know Batman is a surefire thing. Yeah. And so it's like, look, we made billions with Batman. Let's just front load this with Batman. Mm. If people like things in it that aren't Batman, great. But <laughs> if we got to trick people into coming, we got to trick the masses into coming here yeah. by yeah. making them think it is only a Batman film. Right. Where he but it also Superman. speaks to, like, I think their interest in any more solo Superman anything is at an all-time low. Yeah. Which and I is don't tragic. Like Henry Cavill either, but I just think they're not into it. And McWeenie feels that... Suicide Squad will come out as it is. Wonder Woman will be completed as well. But he thinks it won't be a Justice League film after that. He thinks yeah. he thinks it'll be the Batman solo film directed by Ben Affleck. And they'll give Ben Affleck whatever money they need to to make that out. Oh, ben Affleck, wow. It, it's crazy to see. It, it, it really just, is. It, just in a Turkish Airlines ad as Bruce Wayne telling people to fly Turkish Airlines. I love him in that trailer. The lines, the sternness that he delivers yeah. is yeah. that era Batman for sure. Of just and like, I, and I there's even it. a 1% chance that he's our enemy. And I loved how pissy... It was great old pissy uh, Alfred who says, not for lack of trying to die young. Yeah. Oh, and lastly, Adam McKay, Oscar-nominated director Adam McKay, mm-hmm. uh, says he is definitely involved in Ant-Man oh, and great. the Wasp, which is great. Uh, great. Did he, he goes from tearing apart the American banking system to then making another fun superhero film. Keep, he did the big short. I, ah. keep, I keep saying how, like, I, I shouldn't say proud. I have no connection to this man. But, like, I love Adam McKay. I think the Anchorman movies are great. I think he's, he's a good soul. Uh, a great director, and I think Big Short, other than Mad Max, maybe is my favorite Oscar-nominated I mean, film. And he made like yeah. a serious Oscar-nominated movie, and it he wants so to write good. Ant-Man, and he wants to make more Anchorman. Like, yeah. What a cool guy and to they, have in the universe. Well, the question is, can he work within the system? Why he, he hates the system, but does work within it, mainly because... Well, think, when they start saying, this movie has to make sense within a world that's yeah. not the one you want to make. Well, fortunately, as a writer and not as director, he can at least like be like, yeah, alright, I did what I could, but I'm the writer. I'm yeah, not and you divorce this. yourself from that and walk away. Yeah. All right, so that's the news for this week. We got a big old segment coming up next where we're foregoing most of the regular what you've been reading and instead Deadpool spoiler talking time mm. plus your answers to last week's question of the week. Mm. 
This week's episode of Cape Crisis is sponsored by These Are My Friends on Politics, written and illustrated by the lovely Billy O'Keefe. And you know, we love our politics and cartoons here at Cape Crisis, and so this is totally in our wheelhouse. It's a colorfully illustrated children's book for and about adults who occasionally act like one. I'm certainly guilty of this, and I know you know friends who are too. No matter what side of the political aisle they're on, they don't act like the most reasonable people when arguing things. And this is a book for anybody who does that, who people who constantly cite education statistics to one another or unemployment rates that don't even match up. Everybody's got their facts, and they're very angry about it. And this is the book to maybe cool some heads. That is, these are my friends on politics, and as a special bonus, for listeners to Cape Crisis. If you go to friendsonpolitics.com slash podcast, you'll learn more about the book and the first 50 people who pre-order either physical or digital editions of the book will be in the running for a $50 Amazon gift card. And again, you can see examples of the book too, all that on friendsonpolitics.com slash podcast. And we thank you very much for your sponsorship. Podcast, the unprofessional podcast about professional wrestling. Daniel Bryan was on the path of Chris Benoit, and that is not good. Chris Benoit had the brain of an 80-year-old. Like, his brain was mush when he <laughs> killed himself because of tongue. And two others. Don't, don't undersell And the two others. <laughs> and, but that was from a history of concussions. And it was because he kept wrestling another three years <laughs> after he won the title. And then tragedy, Captain Tragedy struck. <laughs> Listen to Cheap Podcast on the Laser Time Network and on iTunes and on the internet every Friday morning. everyone welcome to the break for this week's episode and i just want to say thanks to everybody who supports us through patreon.com slash laser time or by visiting our website lasertimepodcast.com where you'll see tons of great articles and videos posted with regularity same goes for following laser time on twitter at at laser time show or liking our facebook page where you can always keep up with what we are doing and if you'd like to support us by buying stuff on amazon that you would have bought anyway go to lasertimepodcast.com and on the right side of the screen you'll see links to a ton of stuff on amazon you don't have to buy what we suggest buy anything through those links and a little bit of money gets kicked back our way and the same goes if you were to buy our hanks corner pick of the week and this week's pick is the filth now this came up because later in the podcast we're going to be talking about the invisibles one of my favorite grant morrison independent comics the filth is the fun follow-up that is more of a spiritual successor than a sequel and it's a quick ish 12 issues one collection buy it and you'll read the whole thing it is a gonzo book full of crazy drug imaginations and shit and crazy things just happen in it it is such a great book if you're looking for something really weird like say 
giant demon sperm that impale people. Stuff like that. All right, now back to the rest of the show. And we are back, everybody, and one more time, it is a DP spoiler warning, Deadpool spoiler time. It's so spoilery that Brett Elston had to leave because we didn't want to spoil the film for him. Indeed. And uh, so, yeah, it's just me and Chris. Hey, Chris. How's it going? Uh, all right. I saw the movie first. I want to point that out. I'm yes. a bigger fan. So I, I did want to get a little bit into the secrets of why we didn't all see it together. It was just what like... Was that? I think it was the word of mouth just wasn't good enough on it until the last day. What in in the weeks beforehand, mm-hmm. I said uh, we sometimes have these group chats on our phone mm-hmm. with people who also aren't even on the podcast, but who we go, go see lots of movies with. A few weeks ago, I said, "Well, you know, what's the next one? I guess there's Deadpool." And three different people were like, "I'm not seeing Deadpool. Deadpool that looks know. like shit." And then the reviews came out. And everybody was then one of those same people said. Are we going to see Deadpool? What? You guys didn't want to see I'm it. right down the street from a movie theater, so I will go see it. Yeah, I'm, I'm relatively close I mean, that's close how to we ended up too. seeing it. It's like we were next so to the we movie just theater watched, eating. Yeah. My, my girlfriend and I oh, like, yeah. would you go see Deadpool? She's like, yeah, okay. And that was that was my only tough... What, what lowered what, my enjoyment of Deadpool. Was she feeling that when they say the girlfriend voice that the, my boyfriend it was, took me to a superhero movie? It was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a little bit of that. And then like the constant... Um, I don't know. That, uh, I sound like such an old person saying it because it didn't bother me. Vulgar humor and uh, uh-huh. blowjob spitter swallow jokes. But it's like, I know you tolerate going to these movies, but this is the worst one I could have taken you to. You don't know this character. You don't care about this universe. And I should have taken that into consideration before bringing you in this movie theater. So I felt, I think I was operating half the time in the movie like, God, she must be miserable. You're feeling it through her. Yeah. But, she uh... would, she would, like, th- this is a woman who loves Spotlight the most this year. She doesn't want to be introduced <laughs> to Deadpool uh, in a Ryan Reynolds movie. Even though Ryan Reynolds' body was banging in that movie. Totally, man. totally banging. Like, he was showing off so much skin. Like, he spends, I'd say, 5% of the film nude, in some it level is, of nude. It is weird, because he will not be able to do that again. That origin story is the only time he'll be without makeup or covered in yeah. that mask. And my one of my favorite things about the movie is the mask. The, the shit they do with his eyes. Yeah. I don't so know. Much, it's so you, expressive. You tell me where to start this. No, I, I, I mean, have... this is a good place to start. The, the, what the film does best is it gets Deadpool. It really yeah. does. Maybe he says more dirty lines than Deadpool does. Deadpool's more... I'll get that complaint out of the way. That, that yeah. My complaint there is that the movie is rated R, and it tried to interpret... Well, if it's rated R, we have to utilize the R in every conceivable fashion. And just a lot of, like... Deadpool does make a lot of jokes, but they're not always, like, this obvious. They aren't exactly like, this went up my asshole. Yeah, like... <laughs> and that, that Deadpool is not even, like, a sexual being... And, like, all of his jokes were about sex, uh, for the most part. Yeah, he was so obsessed. Movie Deadpool was so obsessed with sex. It really was. And... Which I've uh, never seen Deadpool crush on anybody other than Cyclops. Yeah. And now, he's in love with Spider-Man. Yeah, and Spider-Man. He really loves Spider-Man. He wants to... He's he's good buddies with him, but... Or he has a wannabe bromance with Spider-Man. And I even thought, but... I love uh, Inara as much as anybody. That's her Firefly name. I'll, I'm sticking to That's that. That's who she... Fuck, yeah. I didn't even... 
Uh, the the what is what's her title? What was her I don't know. I don't know. I, like I actually but she don't was know. the you know she, she was factor? a sex worker. She was a space sex yes. worker in the show. But, uh, yeah. How did she? Fa- yeah, she was. Uh, she was a companion. Thank that you. That was a companion. Uh, mm-hmm. I, how does she factor in? She's not. She doesn't have any origin in the comic book, does um, she? No, I don't believe so. T.J. Miller's character and Al, the blind woman, yeah. like they both were taken straight from her his old supporting cast. Yeah. But as far I, was as T.J. Miller, is he supposed to be Bob? Uh, I don't think so. Let me pull up the names. Well, I also need to pull up the name for the um, one of the characters, uh, the the mutant with Colossus. Mm -hmm. Let me pull this up here. But I did Negasonic Teenage Warhead. So that is based on a it's a character from the comics Mm -hmm. who is based on a monster magnet song. Yeah, and I was just hearing this podcast I listened to. The best show. Mm -hmm. He's friends with the monster magnet guy. He's like, boy, it must have felt good for Dave Windorf that. They had his uh, song name in the movie. Too bad he didn't get like paid anything. He says this movie made 150 million dollars. They can't pay him for a character name. Like, mm-hmm. no, it's just an homage from the comic that then they get to just make as it's a kind character. of a shame. Kind of a shame. Yeah, but that's that's not Deadpool's fault. The business mm-hmm. of the business of film. But I was more Monica. What's her name? Uh, Morena Bacharan uh, Inara. I, I, she is she a character? A superhero of some kind? Is there a reason she's going to be around? I'm just kind of uncomfortable with Deadpool having a love interest in every one of his movies. Yeah, Vanessa, I don't recall her being from any other thing. Like, yeah. he's... It was kind of a love story. Like, so that's the other complaint. I feel like we're complaining a lot, a lot about Getting Deadpool for a film way. I liked. But my complaint about Deadpool was that it was... It felt like a weird remix. Mm-hmm. It was a remix of a standard superhero origin film. Like yes. they did, they did cool stuff with it, but it had it had all the recipes in it mm-hmm. of you know tragic thing. Do mm-hmm. your main villains involved in your origin? Mm-hmm. There's like two fight scenes in it, mm-hmm. uh, and a love story again with a love story with yeah. a gorgeous woman who man, they're sexy. There, has, like, there hasn't been like a love story. Well, no, that's not true. But they're super played down in the MCU universe. Like, yeah. all of those love stories. They're in addition to other things. Whereas this kind of was the heart of Deadpool. And yeah. I, that, that, like, I don't really care for that much. And, and then I'm getting my complaints out of the way, by the way. Uh, so, so, like, the, the, the sex crap. God, I sound like an old oh, man every time I make that complaint. But, again, that's not what Deadpool does or says. It's just mm-hmm. utilizing the R, R, uh, the R rating. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Some of it, the International look, Women's Day joke was pretty funny. Some of it harkens back to, like, some of the, the look and some of the sequences that take place indoors, like, really bring me back to, like, the cheap Punisher straight-to-video movie. Like, it... I know yeah. the movie is way cheaper than any other Marvel I, movie yeah. to date. It's a but funny, it, it's funny turnaround because Green Lantern cost two more than two hundred yeah. million dollars. It was way more expensive than it should have been, and it was a bad. It seemed like a not good movie. Now they just kept throwing money at to try to make it better. Mm-hmm. Then oppositely, they have Deadpool, which is a good film. Mm-hmm. And that they kept taking money away from. Like, mm-hmm. the story was that, I, I read this over the weekend, Deadpool loses his guns before that fight because they had a cooler gun fight in mm-hmm. there uh, when they were writing the script. And then they were told, You're, you have nine million fewer dollars than we were going to give you. So you got to cut an action scene. Yeah, and that, and, was, that was also really, like, the whole, almost the whole movie is centered around that bridge and car sequence. Yeah. When all this flashback kept happening, I thought, oh yeah, we haven't gone anywhere else. Like we're yeah. still on this fucking bridge. Yeah. And so like not the spec footage that leaked out from blur. Mm. It, it, it they actually re- remade that stuff for the movie. So yeah. it's not the same stuff we've seen. However, people like me watched it several times and all the other promotional material takes place on the bridge. They, like I, 
in terms of what was ruined by the promotional material, like all of, I think, the coolest sequence, many of the coolest lines yeah. were ruined uh, by the trailers and extended the extended marketing views. No, but, but then again, the marketing is a big help of why the film got so True. big this weekend. And then that's the end the, of my complaints. When, like, I didn't love it as a movie, but I really do love it. It's mm-hmm. the most comic book movie I think I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. No, it's all the fourth wall breaking. Like yeah. it's totally in the character. It it finally was the first one that felt like it's in an X Men universe. Yes. The the it, Wolverine things never yeah. feel like you're not in the same universe as the X Men. This is just a film starring Wolverine. I, but the, the scene that I, I it, the scene that felt so Deadpool comic book it was immediately like uh, side side flashing to Professor Xavier's school for extraordinary blah blah <laughs> blah and it, a Cyclo- or <laughs> Colossus eating a bowl of cereal. That is like at, like ripped from a comic book panel. Yeah, I, I liked that. This is not the Colossus I was already introduced to. This is a different version because we accept in comics that different artists and writers take over, and not everything is exactly the same. I don't need this to be the same actor. I really like that about it. Mm-hmm. I really like that it had one tiny little piece of a larger Marvel universe. Well, and him with Negasonic Teenage Warrior, yeah. uh, Colossus, the, the, those two together were a great pair. Yeah. They just fill out the film too. But that's also like the trick the film does that. It's really a small cast mm-hmm. for a superhero film, mm-hmm. but it, you don't think about it. Like they did, they did a great. The director Tim Miller and the rest of the people did a great job with what they had. Yeah. And also, after just doing a Monday Night Movie commentary for Galaxy Quest, mm-hmm. just the second scene, I got like, oh, that's one of the Galaxy Quest aliens. Is the, <laughs> the Agent Smith yeah. character, which I I did like the the very sped up it was again a cliched scene but they did it executed it very mm-hmm. well the sped up testing out his suits thing building yeah. his different suits and like I'm Deadpool now that's my name like mm-hmm. that was a great speed and the Captain Deadpool joke I loved that you know we talked about there were some groaners in it but mm-hmm. it was just there were so many jokes every second yeah. that you're of course gonna like eh, and I don't eh, fault I Deadpool for doing that because that is the character and that, that is that is funny that is what he does and they can't he all he never land. shuts up that is his character yeah they can't all land so I, I'm not faulting it for that I re- no. I'm really not and like because everything else about it man I his eyes that like all that stuff all that funny cutaway stuff they do in the comic book is gonna wasn't totally in this film, but Will is totally capable of being in this film. Yeah, and it's the start. It the makes next, you in the franchise. It, it makes you also think like, yeah, there is absolutely now going to be a Deadpool too, mm-hmm. and how much they're going to do with that. Like yeah. this, this kind of. I also felt they were showing a lot of a lot more of Ryan Reynolds mm-hmm. out of costume than they normally would, and mm-hmm. I think now by the sequel they'll realize. Oh yeah, people want to see him in costume. Yeah. Like they don't need don't, to see Ryan Reynolds' face at all. I don't really know what they're gonna this, like. You might never see Ryan Reynolds again, and even if you do see him, it can't be comfortable. Do you prefer the mask or the makeup? Mm-hmm. I'll but, take the mask, but, please. But I think that also is what helped the film. Mm-hmm. That he he was very invested in making it work. He mm-hmm. was a producer on the film. Mm-hmm. The film only happened because of the tenacity of guys like him to yeah. make it happen. Fox didn't seem to want to make it anymore. It was also, you know? let's be honest, maybe Ryan Reynolds' last chance to star in a movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, look, he's a handsome dude in Hollywood. Though, there were several scenes when he was out of costume in the very chronologically earliest sequence in the film uh, with the pizza guy. In those scenes, I was like, you're just Van Wilder here. Yeah. Like, like you, you're you only Van yeah, Wilder. Yeah, and that was kind of the stuff where I'm, I'm getting a little groany. I'm embarrassed to have my girl here. Uh, but uh, but other than that, looking at it in a larger scope, what what do you think was the best scene in the movie? Because I know what it is. All right, and it was the only one not ruined by the tra- by trailers. Thank God. Well, I would first say that this I think was the first movie I'd seen that had a Jared Fogel joke in it, which was uh, 
pretty good. Mm. But the oh boy, damn. It's really hard to pick I up the best scene. I have the uh, answer. It's not. It's, I liked the cut forward to the jerking off. That made me laugh. <laughs> that was funny. No, it's the fight with Colossus. No, that was it. That is the that most is it, yes. Deadpool thing that could possibly happen, and you needed an He's R rating to do it. In there, and, like, and it was great. It was, yeah, I love that moment. Oh, I'm glad yeah, it wasn't yeah, spoiled. Just him breaking his breaking limbs, his bones, and then he like Colossus. does the, the T Rex. Is the yeah, that was like, so cute. I do think weirdly. Yeah, you couldn't do that without an R rating, and that's why we're. I'm just so excited for the next film. Well, also the start of the film, they kind of have to like. I want to say rip the bandaid off, mm-hmm. but they also they kind they do definitely have to indicate to you mm-hmm. this is a violent fucking film. Mm-hmm. Heads will like explode yeah. into pudding in this movie. This is not the X Men, and I don't know if you saw it. My mom actually mentioned it to me too, but there were Facebook ads from Deadpool saying. Don't take your kids to this. This isn't for kids. If you take them to it and then complain that this was too vile for children, you might you might hurt my ability to make a sequel. So just keep your fucking kids away from Deadpool. Wow, wow. I, I I did like that because they had in some of the marketing they had like a romantic style movie poster this yeah, Valentine's Day. Deadpool, a man a man survives cancer with the help of his lady. I also Deadpool left me with a weird mix of emotions of feeling both almost too old for it yeah. and then also feeling like, no, this is made exactly for my age group. And, and the mix of that is that the constant jokes a minute and somebody mm-hmm. said that like, oh, if if Reddit had sex with the X-Men, that's what this Deadpool movie would be. But it was <laughs> it was just full of like random humor, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, which I do like, but it was coming so fast. It was like, I'm almost too old for these things now. I would have loved yeah. this when I was I 22. Mean, I, we, again, it. we didn't plan on going, and usually we go on Friday night with a bunch of us together. Mm. But so being just me and uh, my lady, seeing that many teenagers around me was like <laughs> fucking terrifying. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'd say to that last time, like uh, someone born the year the X-Men, first X-Men movie came out is almost 17 and capable of going to an R-rated movie. Uh, and <laughs> but, but it seems like more for them. But oppositely, why I would say it's for us mm-hmm. is that... The references Deadpool made were ours. Like it's like here's bit, yeah. Wham, my thing. Here's yeah. Yeah. here's here's songs that were hits in the eighties and nineties. Yeah. Here the, the post credit sequence will be the Ferris Bueller ending. So that was so great. That was so the second I saw the door, I was like the the same reaction Brett had to Thanos. I'm like kicking my girlfriend. <laughs> Holy shit, they're gonna do this! And that's I thought, awesome. That's also why I like that Negasonic Teenage Warlord uh, Warhead. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, that she she was saying you are old. I've never heard of this thing. Like you keep you keep reveling these things. I've never heard. That of. was a good exchange between them. What are you going to do? Sarcastic comeback or your silence? You got me in a box here. I, I, I don't, <laughs> that was great. Uh, yeah. See, it had there was some really smart writing to it. Yeah, when, yeah. When it was great, it was great. Yeah. And, the, the, one of the funniest things doesn't Ryan Reynolds at some point pick up an action figure from the. From the Wolverine, Wolverine he says, Origins this movie. This is the worst thing that could happen to me, or well, maybe not the worst. And thing. the second best scene, and I, this isn't explored in the comic enough, but the baby hand sequence. They deserve crazy. a lot of credit for that because that's never really showcased. I'm sure it has been in here and there. Yeah, I feel like I've. Well, if you've got the bones. I know when people have the bones still there, like an adamantium hand, it just grows back over at full size. But yeah, I guess when I believe in other things I've seen, when you regrow the hand, it is the ba- yeah. it was the baby hand in Posein and Duggan's run. I remember they had mm-hmm. the baby hand in it. But yeah, uh, that really, was, really funny stuff. No, it was it was I, I, I really good. I came out not loving the movie, but I think I just didn't like the experience of seeing it with my lady. It'd been much more fun to and see now, it with you guys with a couple beers. I came out liking it and wishing I loved it. And mm-hmm. the the only thing is that it it just felt like. This was too cheap, or it was. Yeah, there were just some bits where it's like mm, this is just green screen, or this is yeah, and, feeling and on the same level. It a minor, a minor uh, grievance that it is rated R, and Deadpool is an outrageously violent character. 
there's not there for me there wasn't enough violence yeah there, there was like there's like two sequences where anything happens violence is the most expensive thing and that again yeah, it, it, i get it you can explode heads and stuff like that but like he doesn't he rarely uses his swords at all now nah. well and also i like the um I, I did like the matchup of him versus the villain of like mm-hmm. he's a guy who can heal from anything but hurts it always hurts then you have a guy who heals normally but feels no pain and so it's just a cool, it was a cool face-off. And, oh, my God, that opening, it took me to the second credit to know it was a joke. Like, yeah. when Douchebag Productions went by, it went by so fast, I was just like, wait, what What did that say? <laughs> and then also when, like, a People magazine cover with Ryan Reynolds floated by, too. Like, there were so many great little great. jokes like that. a CGI like character. Yeah, and also him saying, oh, you shall meet Professor X. Which one? Stuart? Uh, <laughs> The other yeah, guy, Stuart McAvoy. McAvoy. Uh, this timeline's really hard to keep up with. <laughs> and that is something, too, that I thought... So, wait, Colossus wants him to join the X-Men. This Deadpool has never existed. Like, this makes no sense that... it. it I think they expected that Deadpool would have been set up in another movie, and he wasn't. Mm-hmm. Also, I got to update... I have got to update our... Uh, mm. List of Stanley cameos, because I think that one's the top five. <laughs> yeah, I think that's that, pretty good. I felt, I felt yeah. Stanley was... Uh, was getting very real to himself as the creator of Stripperella, spending his time yeah. as a strip club DJ, seemed very sensible, I'd say. Yeah. yeah. I, I love that I totally part. forgot about that. Though that also felt like, remember on The Sopranos when a stripper would just show up and it felt mm-hmm. like that was HBO checking a box yes. of like, we need nudity. Yes. I wondered if that strip club scene, they just said, well, she could, okay, yeah. so we've got the scene where he finds her at this restaurant. Yeah, it could be I'm a sure, strip club. Like me, there were a bunch of people watching The Sopranos, a bunch of fucking hayseeds, and like, hey, the fuck nobody died in like the last two episodes give me a tit or something like i'm tired of hearing about this guy being gay so what meadow goes to college why am i watching this in the soprano Uh, whatever but uh yeah i I have i have a few gripes with it but nothing major and like again the most accurate comic movie i think i've ever seen yeah yeah and if that's what they could pull off with with the budget it had if it had like a real like X-Men level budget mm-hmm. which it would deserve after this and we mentioned it earlier in the thing I do think this could change maybe there will be a Lobo movie now yeah. maybe all, uh, like you said before Wolverine 3 yeah. is going to be R-rated apparently yeah. which it they've been skating the R line yeah. so close like in the Wolverine it was it should have just been R and just show him cutting a dude's head is that off the second know? one yeah the, the second it's one. called The Wolverine yeah Jesus. and just god it made me also, guys, go to the go to the band camp and, and download and listen along with the X Men Origins Wolverine. Yeah, that movie's fucking terrible. It's I don't so I don't know bad. why I've seen it more than the second Wolverine movie, which I didn't hate. Mm-hmm. But I think that's the problem Fox is running into. They can't create these major moments along the lines of the MCU because they don't have access to the rest of the roster. Their cast is more expensive because they didn't mm-hmm. sign the same deals. Nope. But rated R opens up a different a whole different aspect uh, of making a movie memorable and rewatchable and creating unique scenes. Yeah. I, I can't wait to see how that works with Wolverine. I do like that a lot. Because mm-hmm. uh, you won't have Wolverine making uh, spit or swallow jokes. Yeah. You'll, you'll be slicey dicey. Ugh, so much slicey dicey, man. Oh, so good. I can't wait for the next Deadpool movie. I hope we see it in two years. Um, I, I, the only thing I'm worried about, like, like it, you should read that James Gunn piece about, like, no, Deadpool came out of nowhere. I'm like, it really didn't. And <laughs> They've been trying to make it for a decade. Yeah, like, it, it, <laughs> it didn't. You just don't understand how movies are made or what's important about Deadpool. And your interpretation on this might be that this has to be every superhero. That'll yeah. get really scary. No, uh, I feel I'm like really worried about that. My fear is that in two years from now we'll have we'll have Deadpool two, but we'll also have a couple of other like shitty films mm-hmm. that were just made 
in reality, like greenlit by. I don't want to. I don't want to make fun of Warner Brothers all the time, but Isn't greenlit it? by Warner Brothers just to follow. Well, that's to follow the pack. That's what uh, if you t- the takeaway from that Drew McQueenie thing we mentioned earlier. You said that, that, that DC Universe doesn't have a Kevin Feige. No, nope. there's no one there with a vision. It's a bunch of people assigned to things whether they care or love these characters or not. They're just trying to make. Movies it felt more and... like the edict was we should have our own Avengers. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. like we have to do this because the time is now, and rather than like I really want to do this, and here's my vision. Like I yeah. don't. I think they do lack that, and there's plenty of people out. There that they could hire to make yeah, that happen. Yeah, but I think they they just get skittish about it, and rightly so. They should be skittish. It's billions of dollars. Yeah. It's billions of dollars to make that happen. More money and, than I could ever contemplate. Yeah, and so it's a big commitment, and it's the type of thing that if it fails, people get fired, and executives don't want to be fired. Yeah, but at, like I, even though I didn't love the Deadpool movie, I'm just glad it's doing well. I'm glad I'm not sitting here saying like you. You need to see this, I, so we're never going to get another shot. I don't. Yeah. I, that's awesome. That it, it was a weird feeling over the weekend to see like, oh, Deadpool's gone mainstream. Yeah, like, now Deadpool yeah. is. Well, I, that's what I'm confused about because I don't. How mainstream is he? He has like the most comics. He's very well yeah, represented in comics. I don't know. I just always assumed like, oh, nobody in the '90s and even in the mid 2000s, as I mentioned in mm-hmm. history of Deadpool guys, it just felt like Deadpool. Deadpool was known to us, not to, yeah. not to the outsiders, not not think, to I, mainstream. We mentioned that before, but Deadpool is like kind of a a breath of fresh air or levity when you're just you're mm-hmm. going through a lot of serious X Men Spider Man story origins, and it's like Deadpool's mm-hmm. like he knows that you've read all this stuff, and he's kind of making fun of it and uh, trying to tell a story along the way. Well, and the I, movie does a really good job of that. I mean, to tell you, like you, you can get an idea of what executives thought of Deadpool just by watching X Men Origins because. They yeah. they had they are like well we've got the character Deadpool well we can't obviously he can't be in a full costume that exposes his face and he certainly can't be making jokes all the time let alone with gay ones unbelievable he just should say a couple of funny lines and then we sew his mouth shut and then it's a dumb fight yeah, up until this movie I could say that Deadpool relative to how much I like him and how big he is had the worst cinematic treatment uh, of our lifetimes I think he definitely has the most extreme ups and downs of quality of any superhero and just with two films mm-hmm. like with Superman, you have to look at like eighty films, yeah. not eight, but like a ton of TV shows, a ton of yeah. movies, to then say, "Well, this was his low point. This was his high point." For Deadpool, only two live action things can you point to, like yeah. high point, low point. Uh, real quick about other things we dealt with. I read Archie number six, which is the end of the first six issue storyline, which was uh, really pretty neat. I liked it. Also, there was Amazing Spider-Man number eight, which ended the Cloak and Dagger storyline, which I also very much enjoyed. And then Chris. I don't remember slash I've been really busy, but I got it the first issue of Power Man and Iron Fist. Oh uh, yeah, and I, I got can't that wait to check too. that out. I haven't read it yet though, but the And New Star Wars, baby. But Venture Brothers. Oh, season God, I haven't six, watched episode it yet. three. Okay. Well, it's just great and more superheroes. Like <laughs> keep watching season six. And now, walking in <laughs> with a walk-on is the walking Dave. Walking hard into the yeah. studio. Dave Rudden. Hey. hey. Hello. Somehow managed to not hear any of your spoilers. Good. Well, Deadpool. but did you care enough? You didn't see I, it. I will see it eventually. I just I will see Deadpool eventually, but I did watch The Walking Dead. How was uh, the these, mid-season premiere? Uh, I really liked it. It, it did kind of remind me how far back they are from the comics well because uh, Negan just showed up right? he, well he still hasn't shown up 
But uh, even though he didn't, what happened to the Neganites was pretty neat. Oh, so the Neganites have shown up. Yeah. Okay, uh, they were like they were at the very end of the mid-season finale. Mm. They were the, the teaser, mm-hmm. whatever, after the credits. It doesn't amount to a whole lot, but what happens with them is kind of cool and mm. something that's never really been done on the show before. Uh, speaking of things that have never been done before and something I thought they wouldn't do, not to be spoilery, but they did something to Carl that I didn't think would be possible. Something they did in the comics that... You Whoa, know, they really yeah, did that. Yeah, so they did wow. that. It, for, but it, it's kind of weird watching, because watching it, having read the comic, I'm like, there's no suspense to, uh, you know, sp- s- go two minutes ahead or so. But like, There's no suspense to the situation yeah. Carl is in. You're not like, oh, Carl's going to die. Yeah, which, I mean, you would think seeing, like, I remember when I read it in the comic, I'm like, holy shit, is he dead? He's like literally... You know, has a hole in his face, mm-hmm. and uh, it's gonna be interesting to see how they like because they have shied away from like every big like physical calamity. Like mm-hmm. in the comic, Rick is like missing an arm, yeah. and well, that, like that, various people are think missing about limbs. That? That's not happening on the show. No, well, well it hasn't been expensive. Why would Andrew Lincoln want to wear a <laughs> fake hand all the time? Well, he already a, has to be a filthy. Green screen glove. Yeah, but like a kid. Mm-hmm. Well, like a, a kid in puberty. Mm-hmm. Now they're gonna have to like uh, use a prosthesis every time he's acting, and they'll probably have to change it wow. and age it. It's just like, mm. wow! Uh, kudos for going for it, because in some ways, they, like they, uh, I did see in some aspects of the episode, like your budget's not super big, because they kill a lot of zombies in the episode, and mm. a lot of the zombies do not look that good. Uh, <laughs> just somebody like, like, like oh, they, I have a scratch on my face. No, they looked like puppets. Like they were like, oh. yeah, they're killing so many zombies that it was just like, oh, you, that, you just like kicked a puppet in the head. Like <laughs> not that impressive. Yeah, it was. It was. There a lot happened. I mean, there were lots of uh, impactful deaths. Wow! Uh, All right. Well, that's what you like want they, from a mid-season yeah, premiere. I they suppose. didn't really go anywhere physically. Mm-hmm. It's kind of still around Alexandria, but Alexandria is still not safe, so it's all kind of in a weird place there. But otherwise, I like stuff happened, which is that's it's you know commendable for, for, for yeah for Walking Dead, which sometimes meanders. So for the next three episodes, get ready for meandering. I'm betting. Yeah, some someone will be stuck in a uh, cabin or a uh, barn or whatever. So Dave, what about the, your homework? I finished three quarters of it. Uh, All right. I read the yeah most of the coffin so far. I'm really liking yeah, it. You got to finish it though for us to really talk about it. I think. Yeah. Also, we talk so much about Deadpool, that, mm-hmm. uh, but this will give people another chance to. Give a, re- but I should, give a read to Coffin. I should. Coffin. Is there a is, is Dave's I mean, pile around? Yeah, the only one that's left is Gotham Central. Oh, uh, you so. know what? Someone was someone was recommending I read that. So sure. and I think it'll be a good come down after Coffin because uh, Coffin's more. pretty intense, bro. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, then let's get to the question of the week. Replies, everybody. Uh, last week's question of the week was: What part of comic book history has always confused you? Mm. And uh, to the Matt Cave replied: The Flash, Barry Allen dies during Crisis on Infinite Earths, then returns later in a Justice League story, The Lightning Saga, but it's the same version of Barry Allen, right? Then that Flash gets caught up in the Flashpoint storyline. At the end of that, you see him give a note to 52 Bruce Wayne. So is this the one Barry Allen jumping from Silver Age now? Barry Allen is a almost as confusing as Hawkman, I would say. Hawkman is more confusing, but... Triscuitable said, I had no idea who Deadpool was or why he was referring to Tobey Maguire and talking to me when I first read Cable and Deadpool, but I know this. It was goddamn funny to 10-year-old me. Mm-hmm. That said, I didn't have any idea why he was able to break the fourth wall for years. I still don't. I guess it doesn't need an explanation, but it still confuses me. Uh, short version is he has a mental problem and makes, he th- makes him think he's in a comic book. 
But really, it's just that he's Bugs Bunny and he can talk to the audience. <laughs> Gene Simmons Toyota said, I will pay money to anyone who can cogently explain what actually happens at the end of Grant Morrison's The Invisibles. Now, I have not gotten to the end of it. I will tell you right now, it didn't make much sense to me over three readings. And back in the day, I actually bought a book that was an, <laughs> that was full of ex- extensive wow. interviews with Grant Morrison that explained all of it. Mm. And it finally made sense. And I will say that to me, it was satisfying. They just had to read an, an additional book. Yeah, just all another book. <laughs> Invisible is worth it, Dave. John Hizzle says, I would love for someone to explain Final Crisis and Batman R.I.P. to me again. Because I've tried multiple times, and every time I think I have them figured out, something new pops up and I'm lost again. Well, the short version of that, I think, is that in Batman R.I.P., he is fighting Dr. Payne, who might be the devil, and is trying to curse his Batman's cowl to say that he will die the next time he wears it. He is then... Brought on to investigate the death of Orion, who is fated to kill Darkseid, and by being killed, he can't stop Darkseid. Then Batman gets the bullet out of his body, shoots that bullet at Darkseid to cause Darkseid's death, and Darkseid hits him with the Omega Effect, not the Omega Beam. The Omega Effect sends someone back in time to live a thousand lives again, all unhappily. Not the Omega Beam, which just obliterates anything so there see that makes tons of sense right batman boy said batman odyssey was pretty damn confusing and stupid from issue to issue i had no real idea what was happening or where they stood with anything a more recent example is ultimate end it was hard to figure out which character was from which universe and where this fit into the timeline since the destruction of the universe seemed somewhat instant I didn't write it through so maybe things got more clear later eh, not all that clear uh, and Raccoon Hale says, lots of DC confusion so far. I would have to highlight Thor's universe. Really, it is damn difficult to explain any of the history of Asgard now that they've added a war against heaven to include Angela, and it has gotten really obtuse. Though, the more I read it, the more I am convinced that it that this is intentional. Still, it will always confuse me, and probably always will. That will not diminish my love for Thor, though. Remember, he got rid of all the ice giants for us. <laughs> he freed us from the ice giants. It was so nice. Fun. And then, uh, I'm not going to uh, read it. It's a bit long. But Gersnord, who's always good, has one of my new favorite gifts is his signature, which is Super Friends Superman seeming to freak out at a cat. <laughs> and like a cat is just, oh, uh, it is so good. This week's question of the week. So, Cable, duh, will... <laughs> Cable's going to be in the next movie, of they course. They kind of have to now. Yeah, also they they plan to make an X-Force film. I don't know if they've changed those plans, yeah, but I, I they, think need, they, have, but... they need a Cable for that. Yeah. So who should be Cable, guys? Now, over the weekend, one guy was already campaigning for it himself, which Ooh. was the Marine dude from uh, Avatar. The very Sam memorable film. No, no, no. The evil Marine, who they fight in the robot suit at the end of the movie. But that's I, I thought about this, too, when you broached the question earlier. I was like, oh, uh, Neil McDonough. Yeah, yeah, I understand the looks, but he'd be great. But then also, I think we're all confused how old Cable is because of his gray hair. He's a silver fox, but he's also like 30. Yeah, so I have, so uh, I think that cast. But he also has the techno-organic virus, which, you know, does So so I have the perfect one. Perfect. (laughs) This is the best casting I've ever done. Carl Urban. Oh, I like that. Carl Urban, he he already looks like him. It almost exactly a yeah. gray flat top. You are, you are a scar. You have total cable. 
with yeah, Bo yeah. Irvin. Put and that scar over his eye. Exactly. Oh, and that guy's too great to waste on the Star... Excuse me, to use on just the Star Trek franchise alone. He's not going to be <laughs> any more dreads. He's awesome. Think of him in dread mm. as Cable. Yeah, he would be great. Yeah. Uh, well, mine is one who campaigned for... or Somebody brought it up. I don't know if he campaigned for it himself, but it would be Kevin Nash. Yeah, I agree. He is a silver fox old. himself. He's old, old. Uh, but he's got quite a beard. Mm. He uh, goes gray very well. He's a giant. He's done stunt work in comic book films mm. before mm. in uh, both the Punisher film where he played the Russian and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles mm. 2 is technically a comic See, book film. I was trying to stay out of the old range. Fine. I choose John Slattery from uh, No, yours was a great yeah. pick. <laughs> yours was a great pick. But, I think he all, but all, also, uh, Kevin Nash has the star power of yeah. being from the Magic Mike films. Yeah. Like, I think, yeah, circa, like, X-Men when he was, what, Sabretooth or whoever? I forget. Uh, or no, he was in The Punisher, but like that was when he was taking like crappy roles direct to DVD. Now yeah. he's now he's got you know raises his profile. Yeah, quite so a bit, he's totally to yeah. Right. So that's also my. Is that pick. your pick too? All right. Well, so you give your pick for the Cable of the Deadpool universe slash X Force or whatever. Who you would cast as Cable? We haven't done a casting one in a while, so we're keeping it simple. Give your fantasy casting in the forums uh, on this week's episode in the comics discussion part. Or you can find a link to it in this week's episode page, which you can always find on lasertimepodcast.com, which is where we host so much wonderful content, such as videoized versions of the superhero spotlights we've yes. done. Last week's episode of uh, had Earth 2 on it, and I just made a video for that. And before that was the history of Deadpool, which if you need to know more about Deadpool and you missed that episode, give a watch to that video, guys. Indeed. And we also looked at uh, the endings of Street Fighter. Oh, yeah. EX, not five. We have a little a quick stream of that, too. But uh, YouTube.com slash LaserTime Network. Listen to LaserTime this week. I think it's it kind of looks like a ho-hum topic that we had a ton of fun with. Yeah. The longest sequel gaps. I'm really proud of how that episode came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll have our Oscar show this week. But ah. until then, 302010 and Talking Simpsons, always fun. Can't wait to... Eat. I love listening to those. Those are the ones I listen to. Well, and also with comic books, too, the... Um, if you guys want to watch a couple of bad comic book games back-to-back this uh, week on the shit shows we played, The Death and Return of Superman, and now we have played uh, Justice, League, Justice Task League, Force. League Task Force, the terrible Super NES the fighting of, game. of Blizzard. Yeah, DC <laughs> games developed by fucking Blizzard. Before they were Blizzard. Who now, yeah. arguably, might have a bigger IP than DC. Could probably buy mm-hmm. DC. Maybe. <laughs> WoW is pretty big, but man, boy, that's a tough question. It's huge, man. And there's also Cheap Podcast, the pro wrestling podcast that I host every week, and patreon.com slash laser time with uh, plenty of cool extra content like weekly movie commentaries. We did one for Green Lantern recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, bi-weekly comic book commentaries you've uh, yep. done just a bunch. did one for the man who has everything episode of the Justice yeah. League but you gotta be a $10 plus and by uh, and a wrestling person. one just went by, yeah bi-weekly wrestling commentaries mm. uh, alright well thanks for listening uh, and until next time Excelsior, Excelsior.